Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. Good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab, Hour 2 here. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And on the line, we have Ashley Zane from the CBIA. Uh, are you there, Ashley? I'm here. And Ashley's on because there's a potential uh, bill or, or idea from the Connecticut legislature that's going to be putting together a way to protect companies from lawsuits after they are breached if at least they tried to protect the data in the first place. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, you're right on the money with that. Um, so what this bill would do is it would provide an affirmative defense against civil liability, civil court if you operate using certain frameworks based off of the size of your company, the complexity, um, the type of information that you have, and what tools you already are using. Now, as far as there's going to be, uh, obviously, a lot of talk about which frameworks they're going to use. The NIST framework was brought up as an option, NIST 800-171. There's ITAR, there's DFARS, there's all sorts of different frameworks that are out there for aerospace um, and others, HIPAA, PCI, you name it. There's tons of frameworks. Um, Who's going to be putting this together? I mean, generally, I worry when it comes to the legislature putting this stuff together. You know, I'm not sure they understand how to use even email. Um, uh, We really need experts in the IT field uh, and the security field that put this stuff together. And uh, do you have any any input on that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, this is definitely going to rely on the cybersecurity industry and the people who are the experts to really make sure that these companies are using the correct framework. Like you said, there's NIST standards, there's FedRAMP security assessment frameworks, um, Center for Internet Security. Um, so there's basically a lot of different frameworks that you can use, and it really is going to depend heavily on a good partnership with the industry. How many lawsuits occur? Because if, you, if you're aware of this, uh, you, the Solar Winds hack, do you, were you aware of that uh, issue yeah. where the, the security tool designed to protect companies was used 
to get into them. Um, how many companies get sued for their having their data breached? Is it a big number? Um, in terms of getting sued, I think not a huge number, but in terms of the amount of data breaches, there are quite a lot of data breaches, and they have increased <laughs> yes. in the last year. Um, and I think a lot of that is because we're starting to see people remote working, working from home. Um, a lot of that is due to COVID, and I think a lot of that is going to stay moving forward. Correct. But if, the law, if there's not a lot of lawsuits, is this a law looking? Is this a, a bill looking for a reason? Um, if, if you're not finding a lot of people getting sued because it's almost like a fact of life that your data is going to get breached. Heck, the government breaches our data all the time. Um, you can always you can buy the data. You know, you can. It's, it's not even something that's protected that well. Is it really something that's needed? I'm I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just curious how big a problem this really is as far as being sued for having a data breach. Yeah, I think for the first time, the legislature is being more proactive by bringing this bill out. So we're actually incentivizing businesses because if you put these frameworks in place, you'll have this affirmative defense. Yep. So you have that immediate return on investment where sometimes it's really hard to quantify um, the return on investment that you're getting from cybersecurity. So yes. this is a step the legislature is taking to incentivize these companies to really take a look at, beef up, and really make sure that they're protecting sensitive information. It's kind of funny you say that. I had a meeting with a dental prospect in Enfield yesterday, and the dentist said to me, actually it was Thursday, he goes, so how am I going to make money with this, Eric? I'm like, I'm going to protect your company from failing and going down where you can't actually do your, your work. But he's like, how can I make money on all this cyber stuff? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like buying a car insurance policy. You right. hope you never need it, but when it's there, you're really happy that you have it. There's that. What about maybe some tax breaks, too? I mean, uh, when you're talking about NIST 800-171 for manufacturers, when they're selling to government entities, believe it or not, NIST will actually tell the manufacturers, hey, the government will be happy to pay a little extra for that part if you put these securities in place. It's the government. They have an you know, open checkbook. That's all well and good. But for making parts or selling pizzas or being a dentist, Nobody's willing to pay you more because you've done your cybersecurity work. Is there a way for these companies maybe to get some sort of tax break on putting this stuff in? And that usually helps companies consider things. Yeah, we would, we would love tax breaks, tax credits, deductions, the more the merrier um, in terms of what we're looking at. But I think given a lot of the budget issues surrounding it, I don't think the legislature is too keen on adding a fiscal note to this bill, um, especially <laughs> given the deficits. So I think one of the pluses of this bill is there is no fiscal note attached. So the state isn't shelling out a lot of money, and therefore this is at least one thing they can do that doesn't cost the state money but might have a lot of uh, added benefits for not only the state who would then have to deal with all of these lawsuits and all of the ramifications surrounding that, but then the businesses also have some liability coverage. Sounds good. Anything else we should know? Just hopefully it'll pass, and anyone listening, if you call your legislator and urge their support of this bill, that would be greatly appreciated. Is there a number on the bill? It is 6607. All right, very good. Ashley, thank you for being part of the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Very good. Have a great day. You too. All right, bye-bye. So cybersecurity is getting a little bit of proactive look here in Connecticut. As That's well great. it should. As well it should. If you recall in the past on the show here, we talked about the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? They have a uh, there's an assessment or some sort of a, 
audit that's done by a third-party aspect of the government that for years was telling them they didn't have any backup or disaster recovery on their 40-year-old system. And then even after they put the new system in, they didn't have any backup or disaster recovery running either. So, you know, it's kind of the blind leading the blind when it comes to government, but at least there's a, a thought here. I didn't think it was a big issue as far as lawsuits yet, as far as people suing because their data was breached. Um, but it, hey, you know what? They, you really need to have cybersecurity in place. When that, when that dentist said to me, how can I make money? I mean, what, your, your company's not down and you can continue to make money is really the answer. I mean, do you have business insurance? Right. How do you make money with that? Exactly. So, so what are you going to do? Let's get to your calls. We're going to go to Antoinette in Fairfield next. What's going on, Antoinette? Hi, how are you? I have Good. a question for clarification because you just spoke about it a little bit ago about the clouds. Yeah. And I'm having a dispute with my techie son. You're having a okay. dispute with your techie son. Go for it. Right. Okay. <laughs> because my feeling is I want to get a, a, a laptop. And mm -hmm. my purpose for that is to do all things transactional on the laptop and not on my desktop. Yep. So it won't be hacked. He's mm -hmm. saying I'm not understanding the technology. Because my thing is, and you just spoke about it, that if they don't give you access to the cloud, you can't get your information. And I'm always backing up things. Well, right now on the flash drive, I'm thinking about getting a backup um, unit, you know, separate mm -hmm. uh, in addition to the flash drive. And I think I'm on the right, because I'll have three accesses to my information. If the electricity goes out, at least on a laptop, I can get to my documents and yeah. so they put the electricity back on. Right. Sure. So and your techie son, said, oh, go ahead, what's he saying? Yeah, he's just saying I'm not understanding the technology with the cloud. <laughs> All right, so the idea of having a separate laptop to do sensitive transactions like banking and financial planning has been recommended by experts for quite a long time. And the reason it's recommended is because you're, we're telling you to only use your laptop to go to the cloud for those things, period. Don't, don't do your banking and then surf the Internet for whatever um, because you're going to open yourself to the malware, the key loggers, the things that are going to capture your credentials when you use that laptop for something else. So that separate laptop is really designed to just be a tool for those sensitive things. Now, sometimes that's not easy for everybody to go out and buy an extra computer to do these things. Um, but that's a way to protect yourself as long as you hold true to yourself that you're only going to do financial work, things that are sensitive, and nothing else, right? You're not going to go surf or watch TV on your on your laptop with it. And turn it off when you're done. Yeah. Um, so that's what it really is all about. Uh, does that make sense to you, Antoinette? Yes, it does. One other um, clarification. Because I'm doing a lot of, of people in my credentials and they're on Zoom, I was thinking that the Zoom I would only do for that. Would that still be compromising the sensitive data? Well, Zoom is a third-party cloud application that has had its issues with security. Um, okay. So I would I would say cautiously you could consider it, um, but it's not the not a purest approach to just doing the most sensitive things that you'd want to keep safe. Because when you start zooming out there, then what's your next step? You're going to start googling. You're going to start doing things on your laptop. So playing with what I have, or even if I get the laptop. 
am I still using the same IP address from my Internet provider? Because that was a big misunderstanding on my part. Yes, the Internet provider is giving you an IP address, and that's where the planet knows where Antoinette is, right? So when you connect on, you know, you're going to, if you go and try to go shopping, right? Some, in, in my case, I use Cox, so they think um, and I'm in Rhode Island because of the IP address that I'm given from their system. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing for you. You know, every Internet provider provides you an IP address. They are generally a, a changing IP address. They're not static, so your address will change. Um, so, yes, that is true. What, what are you worried about? He was, I, he was telling that I'm having the same IP address even if I use the laptop. And I'm saying, well, it's a different machine. Wouldn't it be different? It's a different internal IP address, but not, it's the same external one. So when you go out through your gateway, which is your Internet provider's router or your own router, your device on behind the router all have different IP addresses, but the public IP address that you're taking, the pathway out, is the same one. Okay, I think that's where I get confused. It's the same one. Right. So it's still the same IP address even if I'm doing sensitive transactions. Uh, yes, ma'am. That is true. So then I'm not really protecting myself. You right? are. So, no, again, the whole key to protect yourself is to not use your laptop to do other things other than those sensitive transactions. Right? Okay. So, yes, your son could go ahead, surf on your network inside your home and get malware into your network that could affect that laptop, right? He could do that to you while the machine Mm -hmm. is on. Um, But if the machine is off and you're only doing sensitive transactions and then turn the machine off, it's more safe. Okay. It's not the IP Okay. All right, Antoinette. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Nice. Thank you for calling in. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. A couple lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till 11 o'clock. And then coming in at 11, Dr. Alessio will be in. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. And let's get to your calls. You were nice enough to join us. Let's go to Bob in Windsor Locks first. What's going on, Bob? How are we doing? Good, sir. How are you? I'm having problems with somebody accessing my Microsoft Outlook email client. Oh, boy. Every couple of weeks, I get a thing that says, when I go into Outlook, I have to put in my password, and it doesn't work, and, and the password's been changed. Yikes. Yeah, someone definitely has access to your account, Bob. How do, how do I prevent that from happening? You have to enable something called two-factor authentication. So you have to turn that on on your Outlook account so that when you change the password, it then hits your – there's a little uh, text that goes to your f- mobile phone – with a number, you key in that number, and now it's that second factor that proves it's you. Well, yeah, my question is that this has happened more than once. They don't allow you to use the same password. so No, I don't. I changed the password, and uh, I, last week I, uh, I have Cox uh, Cable as my Internet provider. Mm-hmm. And I also have, I signed up for this uh, Cox Tech Support, $10 mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. So last week when I had the problem with my password being hacked, yeah. I contacted my uh, tech support guys, and we went in and changed the password. Yeah. And yesterday I went into my Outlook, and same thing. I, I know it's been hacked because I don't get any email messages for like two days. 
Well, yeah, and you're and you and you try to log into it, and it's a it's the wrong password, right? Right. Yeah. So what's happening is the bad guys have got another are accessing your email as well, and there must be a secondary email. Uh, it's called a recovery mailbox that's been configured. So. If you've got your primary box and then the bad guys have put in a recovery email box that's theirs, (laughs) they're getting a notification and saying, oh, password's been changed, and they're the ones controlling it. So you need to look at that account more closely to see what the recovery mailbox is besides – because currently the the folks who work with you on on changing it didn't didn't go into that, I assume. Correct? Does that sound familiar? Look at the recovery mailbox? Correct. Many mail systems have a secondary way to recover your account. They're going to ask for a, another mailbox. So what the bad guys do is they found your email uh, out there, right, bob at windsorlocks.com, and they guessed your password originally because your password was 12345, right? And what they then did was configure the recovery portion of the system to go and tell them every time you try to change it so that they get notified and change it to whatever they want to change it to. And all these programs like WebRoot and... That's not going to help you. And I'm, wonder- help you. I'm nope. wondering if you don't have a keylogger on your computer as well. That would be worse, yeah. A keylogger would be something that's capturing everything you're doing on your computer, which would where WebRoot and those tools should prevent that. I think it's more likely that they just guessed your password or your password was out there because um, some other service that you used was impacted and for some reason you kept using the same password for multiple things. Did you do that? See, I changed it last week to a password I never used before anywhere. That's what you should do every time. And and this week, bang, I I went into Outlook and it said, please enter your password. And usually (laughs) I don't have to do that because once I log in my password, it's memorized. Correct. So then, of course, you put that password in, and it didn't work, or did it work? No, it did not work. It did not work, yeah. So somebody's changing your the password. The other two thing, too, is you might need to go into your uh, control panel and, and change your Windows password for that account, because sometimes it'll hold it. Even though you change it in Outlook, it doesn't update it there. Well, they're not, he's not on a domain, though. Well, that's true. He's in his home. So would I'm in my home, on my home my desktop computer. Right. But I'm not in a work. I'm in a work group here. You're in a domain, correct? No, I'm in a work group. Okay. I didn't join the domain. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but again, that wouldn't matter for him. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's your secondary password that your your recovery password that's been your recovery email box that's been hit, Bob. If I had to guess, so you want to get on with the the folks at Cox and say, hey, how do I change this? How do I turn on two factor authentication? You're paying them ten bucks a month. Right. Um, they should walk you through doing that, or consider getting rid of that mailbox. Okay. <laughs> it's That's basically a lot easier said than done, you know. I do know, um, but basically, you have to do a better job of securing it. So turning on that second factor will be key for you. Okay. All right, Bob. Credential Thank manager. You. Credential manager is what you're thinking. All right. Good luck, Bob. Bye bye. Bye. Um, yeah, you got to have two-factor authentication rolling these days. Your your recovery mailboxes have to be set up so they're yours, um, and don't use the same password that you use for other things. If any one of those other things is compromised, they're going to find your password there and say, oh, I wonder if Bob uses his, this password on his email. Oh, he does. Oh, I get into his email. Now I can read his email. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to your calls. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back.
And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock, and we're happy to take your calls. Feel free to get online, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And let's go to your calls. We're going to go to Chris in Weathersfield first. What's going on, Chris? Yes, hi. I just wanted to comment on the uh, this Pura, or this uh, Bill 6607, and just to add emphasis to what you said, mm. not only do our lawmakers... Uh, you know they uh, they have to be aware of IT in a in a big way. They have to have a lot of good knowledge right. um, because I'm going back to May of 2013. There were three bills, mm-hmm. and this was regarding um, the push led by AT and T. They would profit because they would no longer have to provide basic service to all residents. Mm. Instead, be allowed to pick and choose whom they serve. Communication okay. workers of America, you know, put out in, in print. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably, AT and T and their friends at the big and their big uh, cable companies aren't stopping there. They'll also want to prohibit the state from ever regulating digital. Mm-hmm phone service, which is increasingly replacing regular phones. Right. Okay, they were very right. Mm-hmm. Nobody listened, and now we have what we have. So mm-hmm. I just applaud you for saying uh, that our legislative people have to be aware of things happening. And secondly, I believe sometimes the legislative people don't understand government as well, because who is going to be sat? Settled with enforcing these rules. It's Pura. Mm. And yeah. Pura... Uh, you Hasn't know, done a very good job, has it, have they? Yeah, no. <laughs> and when it comes to securing data, and trust me, because I'm dealing with this uh, this same problem, mm-hmm. they're, they're impotent. I can't... Uh, the law, the bill, and enforcement... They're not in sync. Sure. So I'm hoping for good stuff, but you're you're bringing it to people's attention. Yeah, write your legislators. Give them some input. Uh, Everybody should be doing that, and I would hope that you guys also keep us up to speed as to where those those things come from. We'll try. We have to hear from all people, and you're one of them. Because you do such a good job, I believe, in educating us all. I'm doing my best for you, Chris. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, the the issue we have with our legislature is that they're just – we need more regular people like like me and Bob and just regular folks serving, Um, you know. And you're only going to get that with term limits. (laughs) But that's a whole other problem because there's so many folks who don't know what they're doing serving in the legislature. Why don't you refresh the screen there? We got there. Oh, you did? Okay. Feel free to get online, guys. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. As we're waiting for your call, I have a story to bring up. This is from my favorite uh, tech blog over there in the UK. Uh, the headline, Water's Wet, the Pope's Catholic, and iOS is designed to stop folks from switching to Android. Um, this is an epic trial. 
that is happening where the makers of Fortnite, which is epic, um, are really they actually brought out an economist to explain how Apple works. Now I've talked about this forever, right? I mean the expense of being in the Apple ecosphere Apple ecosphere is is crazy. And the more that you're hooked into the eco, it is for you to go ahead and go to a different platform because then you get to buy the thing again, right? So if you're running Fortnite on an iOS uh, or any computer game and you want to go to a different platform, you got to buy it again. Now, this is true, though, pretty much of all platforms. <laughs> you know, if I'm running Xbox and I want to buy a game, I have to, I, if I change over to PS whatever, PlayStation, I have to buy a PlayStation game, right? They're all based on the ecosphere. But there is a huge fight now with Epic against uh, Apple because of the vig that Apple takes from the developer to offer its game on their platform, usually 30%. That's a pretty hefty, hefty vig. And uh, we'll see what, go ahead. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be on your 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 our system, you have to be here. So there, I hope I hope Epic wins. Uh, Epic is also suing Google for the exact same thing, this stranglehold. You know, without game without developers like Epic, what's the point of actually having the platform? You know, you need these developers to bring games to your to your to your platforms. You make them so expensive for them to do well, it. We can always rely on Apple or Google to give us the apps we want, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're not going to share our data. Of course. Well, Apple does a little better <laughs> job of not sharing our data than Google does. Well, at least they give us a choice now. Right. You can opt out. And believe it or not, 95 plus percent of Apple users opted out, damaging Facebook's model, which is tremendous. So I wish Google would do that too, but Google's model is Facebook model. <laughs> so, so Google knows wherever I'm going because I'm using a Pixel. Um, but, you know, this is an interesting battle. I'll put a link up here for you, and you can kind of read what's going on between Apple and Epic. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, describing the, the way these systems work in these ecospheres you're locked into when you, when you buy a, a, an Apple game or a Google uh, game. You're stuck with that platform. You can't switch. You know, you've got all your music locked up in iTunes, right? So if you need to go ahead, if you're done and tired of running on an Apple device, you want to go to Google, you can't port iTunes over to Google. Right, they don't work together. So then you're buying the, the the tunes again, right? At five or six bucks a tune, or they whatever they cost, three bucks a tune. Um, but then again, when we were kids, first we bought the cassette, then we bought the first we bought the vinyl, if you remember that. Then we bought the cassette, then we brought the DVD, all, the, the, the CD. Sorry, not DVD. The but CD. you forgot eight track. Of course, I'm way. I am after eight track. <laughs> so vinyl, tape, CD. And now we're buying vinyl again. I'm sorry. Then you buy you buy the uh, you, you first you steal from Napster the music for free because you figure you already bought it three times and you don't feel bad when Napster gave it to you for three for free, right? So that's how you justify that. Then you bought the MP3 <laughs> file, and then you bought the vinyl, <laughs> and then you rented it again forever by being part of a music subscription service. So you paid for that music. How many times? I, I mean, I think I probably paid for Rush tunes probably 15 times. <laughs> Well, I'm sure they thank you for that. Of course, and I'm happy to do it. <laughs> but man, they sure have figured out how to get us to buy things over and over and over again, haven't they? Um, but in this case, uh, Apple's also realized that once you're, once we've got you hooked in the ecosphere, we want you to stick with us, and you're not going to and to hold you there is how it works. Uh, so it's one of those things. Feel free to get online. Let's go right to uh, Rich and Marlboro. Oh, we got to talk about the email hack. Rich and Marlboro first. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, how you doing? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a call from. Uh, a large insurance company where I have an annuity and says somebody tried to uh, steal money from my account. Oh boy! Sending in a phony, sending in a phony uh, 
uh, withdrawal form and a canceled check, void check to a bank I don't even deal with, my address and everything. Wow. And then, uh, then I, so I called my financial company that I, locally that I signed up with, and they, uh, they got an email. And they were almost ready to send them uh, about $48,000. Yep. Because uh, they don't require, sorry, I'm driving, I just got in the car. Right, uh, radio here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> they, uh, and they don't require, you can call up this financial company, just say, uh, the local company, and say, send me money, and they'll send it to you. They don't require any withdrawal. For, Great. But, yeah. but when um, I called my local company, they said they got another email using my email address, an AOL account. Yep. Uh, and it looked, they said it looked like it was from me saying that I had throat cancer, I can't talk, and they want to send me forty eight grand and all wow. that. But they had a call just from the large insurance company telling them to, to stop everything. Right. So I, I had my computer cleaned up and all my uh, all the malware or whatever viruses and taken out. And I only use it to do. Uh, I don't open my e- my emails. I only open them on my phone, so it's not getting into my computer. Is that good or? Uh... <laughs> Number one, your your first problem is you're using AOL for email. Oh yeah. And okay. your your password was probably pretty weak. Right. What was Correct. your password? Yeah. What was your password for your AOL account? Well, I had some initials, some numbers, and so forth. But I, right. I changed it. I changed all my passwords and made them really each one separate, different now. And like I said, I don't, uh, I don't know if they can still get in my AOL account. Uh, but the whole thing is, I only look at it on my phone. So if they're going to hack in, they're hacking my phone, not my computer. I, I think. No, they're not hacking into your phone at all. They're hacking into AOL. Okay, you're right. But uh, the AOL now, I'm probably going to stop using it. I just have a few people I have to. And I've got my Gmail account, so I'm going to use just that, uh, basically. Right, but your annuity folks need to know that Rich from Marlboro no longer uses that AOL account to, to ask for money okay. to be sent, right? So if they right. if you no longer use AOL, but the bad guys still yeah. log in as Rich from Marlboro and say, hey, yeah. annuity yeah. company, send me some money, you know, all that goes out the window. So well, it, yeah. it, the annuity account, uh, I, if I call in or do anything, I have to uh, give them a personal... Uh, a uh, pin. security not pin number, a long right. one. I can have like 18 numbers on it and yep. letters. And uh, so that's kind of safe now. And also my local company, I told them, I don't want you to ever send me any money from a, if I mail you something, I have to come in in person because it's only 10 miles over to their office. Come in and fill out a, a form and show my license if you don't know who I am and everything else. But right. uh, yeah, this company, I had a friend of mine that I signed up with this uh, financial company local. Yep. And he, he, six months ago, called up and right over the phone without even emailing them, uh, they sent him money. So that's a poor thing. I'm just advising everybody, don't ever, uh, don't ever uh, uh, send uh, your, uh, an email or a phone call requesting money. Do it, do it the hard way so you don't get ripped off. It's good advice. That's a good advice, and it really is the, uh, the finance folks who need to stop sending the money. Um, they're the ones that so, need to be responsible for it. So if they have a... If they have my AOL, uh, my AOL account, can they still get into my computer if I don't open the AOL on my computer? No. What they're doing is simply reading your email, right? So if you've ever had correspondence with any of your financial companies or any your lawyer, if you have correspondence with anybody that you want to do business with, um, the bad guys have been reading your email, and they're waiting for Rich and Marlboro to buy a house, and or and you you could court you know your attorney could correspond yeah. to you in the email account, and the bad guys get that email before you do. And the bad guys say, oh, you know, attorney, instead of us moving money around this way, I want you to wire money over here. And they just 
Yeah, send me Bitcoin. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or, or just wire money over here, and now that the attorney thinks it's you, right? Uh, so yeah, listen, they're nothing, not in your computer. My email again. I, yeah. I got them. Uh, even that, my financial company doesn't use my. Oh, also, here's another thing. I asked my financial company, can you send me an email? And and the uh, insurance company, could you send me an email to my AOL account? It wouldn't come. They had it blocked. But I'm getting other emails. That's really Who's, weird. I mean, uh, well, AOL is a bad bad use. Uh, bad I know. Well, I've had that since. Uh, I know since or, <laughs> since it's through, since it. Uh, Time to move on. Yeah, you, but again, the issue is people are using too easy passwords. They're using email to con- conduct too much business. Um, so it's good that you've called in about this and let people know of your experience and almost losing forty-eight grand. And these guys are so nasty that they act like you know you have throat cancer, so you can't talk, right? So they uh, even yeah. they like even condition these, it. Uh, it's like one of these Craigslist ads that you call up to buy something and they pay you back. They're on a they're on an army base. They're not allowed to use the phone, or they have throat cancer, or whatever. All, all right. this garbage, you know, scammers trying yep. to steal money. You got to be smarter. But like I said. Uh, they're not in your system, I, uh, though. They're in the AOL side. Yeah. They're not in your computers, yeah, they, necessarily. They're on the AOL side. So, I mean, the, the point of this whole thing is uh, be very careful. Change your passwords all the time for your bank accounts where you pay bills and all that. And, yep. And uh, change them once a month and uh, make them difficult. Yep, and so not make them the no, same. They can't be the same password and turn on two-factor no, no. authentication. And that lady that some of you had on earlier, they are saying, too, uh, uh Use your computer only. Don't use it to open your emails. Get a get a little iPad to open them or something like that. Uh, don't sure. use your computer. That that's good, right? Don't well, if you're using that, if you're using that one computer to just do your financial transactions, that's all it should be used for. Correct. Safe. You can you can use your other other computers for email, whatever else you're going to do. So, so thanks for calling uh, yeah, in. Richard. Okay, have a good day. See yeah, you, you too. Um, it is definitely a doggy dog world out there, and we're all wearing milk bone underwear, as Norm would say. And <laughs> you gotta, you gotta protect yourself, right? Two factor authentication. Stop using free mail systems. Um, don't use the same passwords on your services that you've used. You know, you, one password per service. If you need a password manager to manage them, make sure you also lock it up with two factor authentication, or just use. You know, card physically lock up the cards, but put the put your passwords on physical cards because the passwords are on a card. No one's going to be able to get to them. Um, I know it sounds kind of archaic, but it's a pretty secure way to do it. Two-factor authentication and using um, Ubi, uh, Ubico keys are also a good way to do it. You basically have to touch the key um, when you log into your service. So I have mine on my keychain. And if you're watching on the old stream here, this is a Yubico key. Without this key connected to my computer when I log in and my finger touching it, you can't get to the account. So the bad guys can't do anything without this key. So you do your password, the key, yes, and your fingerprint. The fingerprint's a, se- a second second factor, right, because the key's there. But then, of course, I have to touch it, a little touch here. Say but if you're doing your password too, technically isn't that three factor? It's kind of three factor. This is a really heavy duty two factor. This Ubico key, and this is a pretty pretty hack proof way uh, to protect your stuff. So we're going to step out for a quick break. Get to your calls. We'll be right back. And we are back. We're in the final stretch here. Let's get to your calls. Let's go to Ed and Avon. What's going on, Ed? So I have a GoDaddy account. Mm-hmm. They offer a service where you can purchase or rent uh, a monthly fee, another phone number. Okay. And that goes through an app, 
and I have unlimited data on my phone. I'm wondering if there's any downside to this because uh, I could have a dedicated line just for my business on my phone, uh, and it would work as good as a phone number, I think. Yeah, it's called voice over IP. Okay, so as far as I'm going to dedicate this to my business, no downside dropping calls or whatever well okay so i didn't say it was it wasn't a downside so voice over ip means you're getting your dial tone from a, a server farm right so right. and then it connects over the internet ip protocol so the old days of copper where our analog voices that you're hearing right now um, go over the copper wire and stay analog this is going to convert them into ip packets and so the downside is if the internet is bogged down or the ip service is that bogged down you could have it could like it, oh, and then it catches up. So the downside is you're going to sound bad if they're having problems. Um, How often does that happen? Sadly, too often. If oh. you if you uh, got it I'm as good. an app, if you have it as an app on your phone and you're in an area that doesn't have a good cell, cell service, right? Good data. You might not get the phone calls. There's lots of I things. I'm only using my cell phone anyway, so I wouldn't get a cell phone call either. Correct. Yep, that is true. Like, so comparing this to a cell phone, it's probably just as just as good. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. That's, that's fair. All right. That, well, that gives me confidence. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, voice over IP is a, a neat technology, um, and it allows you to, to pretty much be anywhere and uh, use that phone number from anywhere. But again, the downside is it, there's a, it's, a, it's a lot of moving parts from your internet connection to their internet connection to the service itself all play a factor in getting you a nice quality signal. Um, I'm not sure we have enough time really to go to Joe here in Watertown. Um, so I want to thank everybody. So Joe, we have to call back next week. I want to thank everybody for being on the program. I want to thank uh, Ashley Zen from the CBIA for talking about the uh, proposed law that's going to shield companies if they do the right thing with their cybersecurity from lawsuits if you have a data breach. That was great that you were on, Ashley. Thank you so much. I want to thank Matt for producing. Hey, Matt, I hear we might be in the studio soon, so maybe we'll see you soon, man. I want to thank Mike for uh, putting everything up live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. Um, so we appreciate that. Of course, we've been broadcasting on Facebook Live. We're over there on Facebook. Everything is going into your news feed. If you like us at Tab Computer Systems and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy and you're not in Australia, you might get the news. See you next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.